Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Scorecard. Many doubted we'd ever see it. Where we focus on Chicagoland and national golf news. And here it is. The return to glory. Can't help but think of the long one he made in San Diego to pick up his first PGA Tour win in style. Here it comes. Here it watch out comes. And there's no doubt about it. The bear has come out of hibernation. With your hosts, score golf expert and editor of Chicago District Golfer Magazine, Barry Cronin. Well, here it comes. Oh my goodness. And Mike Esposito. In your life have you seen anything like that? Johnny, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most. Presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. And good morning. Happy Saturday to you. Here we are on The Scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. I'm Mike Esposito. Thanks for joining us alongside my friend Barry Cronin, editor of the Chicago District Golfer magazine and Barry good morning and uh, it's Tory Pines US Open week my friend good morning Mike how are you doing doing good sir how are you always great to hear your voice and uh, and yeah another great weekend uh, here and uh, for another major championship the US Open and boy what a contrast from from the Masters and the PGA boy it is a slog out there at Tory Pines man they do not like you making birdies over there at the USGA and uh, and it shows. Uh, there's a lot of uh, guys hitting it in the rough. There's a guy, a lot of guys hacking it out. I saw Rory McIlroy uh, the other day. Uh, he was in the rough, and Azinger was saying, "Oh, this is the worst rough in the history of golf, right?" And uh, he had 160 yards uphill into the green, and 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 Azinger was like, "There's no way." And of course, he he hit it, and and the 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 rough flew up. And uh, as uh, Faraday said, you know, he took a good piece of planet Earth with that, and he wound up getting mm-hmm. it on the green, which is a remarkable shot. But uh, you don't get those kind of lies around Augusta National, where there is no rough uh, at all. So uh, it's a great contrast. And uh, so anyway, it's and it's a crazy leaderboard. Crazy. Well, and and I was going to get this, and and sometimes, and you know, we laugh about this because you are Mr. Golf and our golf expert, as everyone knows. <laughs> I try my best, but, you know, and I look at some of these, it's like, all right, tell me more about Richard Bland. But it turns out I really shouldn't know anything about Richard Bland, who is one of our co-leaders, because he has, I I actually got a good chuckle out of this. He, he played on 477 
European tour events before finally winning for the first time earlier this season. He's 46, had lost his card twice, has been playing in Europe most of his career, and now here he is, co-leader at the 2021 U.S. Open after 36 holes. Now that's the kind of story that people can get behind. Yeah, oh yeah, and if you see him interviewed at all, which, you know, if you don't see him interviewed, you go, well, what's the point of this guy and whatever, and then you see him interviewed and you go... Wow, he's he is one of the uh, one of the more popular players on the European tour, and uh, he's been out there for 20 years. And uh, and uh, but you know you never know in these uh, some of these major championships, Mike. You will get the the uh, uh, the odd winner. You'll get mm-hmm. a Ben Curtis winning the British Open. Uh, you know, 20 years ago. You'll get Paul Laurie, uh, who won the British Open, came back from 10 shots. You'll get Todd Hamilton from uh, from uh, uh, Central Illinois beating Ernie Els to win the British Open. You'll get the the, the anonymous Danny Willett, who mm-hmm. uh, capitalizes on Jordan Spieth's meltdown, uh, and uh, you'll get a Lucas Glover, a Y. E. Yang, who unlikely beat Tiger Woods at the PGA. Michael Campbell, Sean McKeel. You know, you will get these guys, and sometimes they win. Uh, it's a it's a horrifying thought to the people who are hosting the golf tournament uh, that that a guy who uh, who's a completely anonymous would win your tournament. They always want a name brand player to win their event. There's no doubt about it. Um, but uh, but yeah, and of course the guy that uh, who shares the lead with uh, Russell at the top of the leaderboard is a guy named uh, 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 Russell Henley, <coughs> and he's won three times on tour, but nobody's ever heard of him either. So, uh, and nothing, nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with being a guy. I mean, nobody's ever heard of me in radio, for example, right. uh, until you made me, you know, marginally famous, Mike. <laughs> um, so, uh, trying our so, best, Barry. So those two guys at the top of the leaderboard at five under par. And then after that, you've got a few guys, a couple of guys who are one stroke off the lead, you know, Louis Oosthuizen, who's Mr. Major Championship, but he doesn't right. seem to be able to get quite get his putter uh, to behave in the final couple of rounds. Uh, greatest swing on earth. Then you've got Matthew Wolf, who's been he's took the last two months off for kind of a mental break. He's kind of had uh, dealing with anxiety issues. At you know he's 20 years old and. Um, yeah, I love the kid. He's a great kid. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's but so you don't know what's going to happen with him. Then you have Bubba Watson at three under par, and Bubba never plays well at the U.S. Open. So you know he and I think he I saw him interviewed yesterday, and he said, "Well, you know, I could throw up on myself uh, over the weekend." And I think he fully <laughs> expects that he that yeah. he will. I would say you know that's a that's a window into a guy's soul. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you have. You know, you have a John Rahm, uh, who, who is a, one of the pre-tournament favors, and he's right. at three under. And then Xander Schauffele, another one of the uh, pre-tournament favors, favorites, uh, who's from San Diego uh, and a great player, uh, you know, was right in, the, right in contention at the Masters till he dumped it in the water on 16. Uh, he's mm-hmm. two under, so he's still there. Um, and, of course, our guy, Kevin Streelman, mm-hmm. made famous uh, cover, once he made the cover of the April edition of the Chicago District Golfer magazine, that um, was it. Yeah, it was it. And he uh, and he played great at the PGA. His play at the PGA um, got him into 
uh, the top 60 in the world, which qualified him to be in the U.S. Open, and now he's getting it done at the U.S. Open. Yeah, no, and and we will claim a a rooting interest in Kevin Streelman, if only because of the the local ties. He's a great guy, and yes, he was featured in the Chicago District Golfer magazine, uh, a great piece, by the way. And uh, uh, it, it it is uh, always nice to root for the local guys. But yes, I mean the the nice thing, and and you mentioned it right off the top, Barry. There are are only ten guys, or yeah, ten guys under par right now through two exactly rounds. there are 10 exactly. golfers right. so this is not a turn you're not going to see the up oh, you're going to shoot somebody's going to shoot a, a 65 and break away from this pack you know this is not that is not likely you're likely to see somebody from that group that you just probably went through uh you've got your your brooks kepka at even there's a justin thomas at even morikawa is at even par but someone from within that group of the top 15 or 18 golfers is your likely winner. Just do the math, right? Because of the of the playing conditions. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting, Mike. The these guys uh, are at uh, five under par. They're the leaders, <clears throat> and yet you've had um, Tory Pines is playing not super hard. I mean, the, you've got the quote unquote marine layer, which you and I they call it the marine layer in California. You and I and and everybody living in Chicago, we know it is fog. Uh, yeah, so it's, <laughs> right. it's, a sh- it's a shorter word, but we're simple people here in the Midwest. Um, so we call it fog. And, and what that is doing is it's softening the course. You know, the greens are earlier in the morning when guys are playing in the morning, the course is a little bit softer. So if you get a lot of sunshine out there and bake out the greens and, and, the, and the fairways and everything, that's going to that's gonna visit a lot of chaos on people. And it's going to bring a little bit more randomness and 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 maybe uh luck you know your ball instead of hanging on the green maybe it slides into that heavy rough and you don't have phil mickelson short game i did mention the name and mm-hmm. um and so you you have a little bit of trouble um yeah so but you're right um, you have all these players at even par um who are five strokes back and you know what could happen very easily Russell Henley and Richard Bland could get to the weekend of the U.S. Open and go, holy shamoli, it's the weekend right. of the U.S. Open, and I'm leading. I'm co-leading. Uh-huh. And then uh, good things uh, don't happen. So Yeah. No, and, you know. and, and listen, and, you know, I love, <laughs> and I, I joked a little bit about the Richard Bland story. Uh, the other thing I chuckled about uh, uh, his his uh, his hat. He doesn't have a hat sponsor. He's not does not have a, a clothing sponsor. So the no. the hat he's wearing yesterday is the hat of his the club he plays in back home. It's just got a picture of a bird on it. It's so just awesome. Is, it's awesome. It, it, and and the other thing is, Mike, if he wins, he's not in any danger of getting a contract from anybody because he's forty eight. <laughs> no, right. And that's the other thing. He is he is the oldest, and I, I have it here. He is the oldest uh, person, the oldest man to lead the U.S. Open. Uh, at the halfway point since World War II, I yeah. thought that was and in World War II and in World War II, all the a lot of the good players were at the in the war with Fighting Ted Williams. In the war, right. Yep. Um, the other thing is, though, I have to say, there was another guy who was he was actually over 48, who actually won a major about a month ago. Yeah. 50 year old Phil Mickelson and he's Mickelson. Still there. Yeah, and he 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 went out and and you know uh, didn't play well the first round, shot 75, and yesterday 
played 60, uh, shot 69 and was hitting the ball great. And of course, his short game is magical. He's putting fantastic, and he is, and and the, you know, he is at even par with this huge group of guys you mentioned before: Montgomery, Colin Montgomery, uh, Colin Morikawa. I'm sorry, good lord, I got Colin Montgomery. Colin right. Montgomery, yes, yeah. that we yeah, back he, in the way back. Well, he should have won the he should have won the U.S. Open, <laughs> yes, and, uh, because he had that kind of game. But you have Colin Morikawa. Bryson, of course, defending champion, uh, Justin Thomas, Brandon Grace, who's a great player. Again, a guy that totally anonymous in the United States, unless you really follow golf. Brooks Kepka, and, and Rory McIlroy's at, at uh, one over. So this is really a close tournament. I mean, I think all those guys at even par have a chance, and, and who knows? And and they could go out, and if, if, if you know, if it's still a little bit, um, if they put the pins in the in more accessible positions on Saturday and really make it a moving day on Saturday and make it exciting. Um, you know, this could be a really, really great tournament on the weekend. I think so far it's been like a typical U S open to me. It's, it's almost hard to watch. It's like, it's a slog. You know what I mean? At the masters, you know, it's sunny and everybody's in a good mood and the, you know, it's, it's, but, and there, there's no rough and they're putting and you're just like a fun, happy wonderful event it's not as competitive as the u.s open in any way but um this first two days have been kind of a slog so uh uh, but hopefully it'll hopefully it'll it'll be a little bit more exciting on the weekend yeah and and we'll have lots more to discuss uh, on the u.s open i want to mention before i mention the guest barry the score is doing something very cool on wednesday uh that's june 23rd it's our very first what about Chicago Radiothon? Uh, Danny Parkins is going to be on for 24 hours straight, starting at 9 a.m. on Wednesday the 23rd, going all the way to 9 a.m. on the 24th. Uh, it is a wow. uh, Radiothon. God bless him. Be- <clears throat> yeah, benefiting a, uh, a great charity. Sam Acho, the former bear, his charity, Athletes for Justice, they're going to uh, fund construction of a grocery store in Austin. Uh, Austin Harvest is the name of that. So they're, they're looking... Uh, for donations, and they're looking for you to listen. Obviously, 24 Hours of Danny is going to give you all kinds of uh, things starting at 9 a.m. on the uh, 23rd. But wow. to donate and learn more, go to 670thescore.com slash give or text give to 44995. There's prizes. There's going to be great guests. Sam Macho is going to come on. Uh, other prominent athletes are going to come on. Uh, so tune in definitely on Wednesday uh, for the first ever what about Chicago Radiothon benefiting athletes for justice? Uh, good cause. And uh, Danny has started drinking coffee already, so he. Oh will my be, God! Uh, I think that he's going to have to have a stretcher when they when they take him out. You know, God bless him. Well, and just from practical concerns, as somebody who has done radio for a long time, I mean, you do a four-hour show, and you wouldn't think about it, but do a four-hour show, and you you kind of have to stop talking for a while because you're you know you're you're your voice needs to kind of rest. So 24 hours straight. I mean, there's going to be a lot of well, water yeah, but that's you. But that's you, that Mike. Uh, Danny's a man of incredible, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, capacity to talk. I don't think he ever stops talking. I've heard him on the that's radio. Right. He's uh, he's unbelievable. Uh, so uh, yeah, his stamina he, is legendary in the radio. His business. stamina, but I, I think he's got a lot to say too. So you know, 24 yes, hours does. straight. I think it would not be a problem for him. Exactly.
So <laughs> definitely the the What About Chicago Radiothon Wednesday. We're excited about that. So uh, check it out. And this segment on the scorecard brought to you by Illinois PGA Professionals, expert in the business and game of golf. And I should mention who's coming up on our show here today, Barry. Uh, at 620, uh, Nick Papadakis will talk to him from Anwentia Club in Lake Forest. Uh, that is the site of next week's Western Junior Championship. Uh, we will talk to Nick next, right at uh, 620. Our Swing Thoughts segment uh, at 640 this week, it's Luis Sauer, uh, the Illinois uh, 2017 Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year uh, from LS Golf Academy in Northbrook. We'll talk short game uh, with Lewis. John Icano, founder of Zero Friction, will join us at 7. That'll be interesting. Uh, lots of innovation there from Zero Friction, and uh, we will talk to John about that. And then to talk U.S. Open at 7.40, veteran golf reporter Dave Shedlosky will join us. Uh, lots of California, specifically San Diego music that we will play uh, as we uh, are at Torrey Pines, San Diego. And we like to play music from where we're at, so we will do that uh, this week uh, in San Diego. I'm sure Adam will surprise all of us with his San Diego music choices, uh, Barry, and uh Sounds like a, a fantastic show coming up here. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick timeout. We will come back uh, with Nick Papadakis, and uh, we'll talk again. More U.S. Open throughout the show. This is The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito here on 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And back on the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine, Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito here with you. Barry, this is the dulcet tones of the Stone Temple Pilots, San Diego yeah. natives, and I know one of your faves. They are. Uh, I love them. They... Love them. I heard them once on XRT. <laughs> well, there they are. This is uh, Stone Temple Pilots as we dive into San Diego music. For, Johnny uh, Mars you... and, and Lynn Bramer, you know, it's all about uh, the Stone Temple Pilots, man. 
That, yes, it is. Well, they yeah. we are at Torrey Pines this week in San Diego for the U.S. Open. San Diego Music and Stone Temple Pilots uh, is one of those acts. Uh, yeah. We are uh, now going to jump on out to the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, oh. home of the world's largest sports book. Uh, there we find Nick Papadakis from the Onwentia Club in Lake Forest. Good morning, Nick. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Good morning, Nick. Great to talk to you. Uh, you're going to have a big event uh, there starting Tuesday, uh, the Western Junior, the oldest national junior event in the in the world, I think, 1914. And uh, on Wednesday is opening up. It's awesome. You guys started in 1895, one of the old one of the oldest clubs in the in the country, and uh, you guys got to be excited. Yeah, we're really excited. Uh, you know, this has kind of been in the works here for a few years, and, you know, obviously we had uh, COVID last year that pushed the event back a year, but, um, you know, we're excited to get it going. You're, really, you're celebrating your 125th anniversary there, and, uh, you know, people who are into the weeds in the golf history, uh, uh, C.B. McDonald, who was the uh, designer, founder of uh, Chicago Golf, was out there uh, up in Lake Forest and, and basically uh, was – basically founded that kind of founded that club right and uh you've got ties up there to, all the way back to st andrews your first pro is this robert fallis who uh, grew up a f- few blocks from st andrews and then your teaching pro willie anderson won four u.s opens what's wrong with you nick you haven't won you haven't even won one u.s open yet well i'll tell you what if they had a u.s open for folding shirts i'd be right there with them um, but uh no yeah so 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 great the uh you know, our 125th actually was last year, and, uh, right. you know, we're going to celebrate that this year. So we're heading into uh, deep diving already into our 126th year. But, yeah, so our our roots go back to uh, the early 1890s when C.B. McDonald built a seven-hole golf course on the back of, um, of, a, of an estate here in the East Lake Forest overlooking Lake Michigan on what was called Fairlawn, which was owned by Senator Farwell. He had some folks that he was entertaining that were coming over from Great Britain, and uh, he wanted to have a little golf there uh, for the World's Fair. So, so CB built a seven-hole golf course, which was really where the first golf was played here in Chicago, um, and that kind of evolved into a nine-hole golf course just a little south of here. Um, for anyone familiar with the area, there's the Lake Forest Country Day School. It's just south here on Green Bay Road. It was part of the McCormick Farm. We built a nine-hole golf course there. Robert Fowles came over. Um, as you mentioned, Fowles is from Lake uh, from uh, St. Andrews. His father, James, was old Tom Morris's foreman in his club shop for 44 years. And his his uh, so Robert's brother James Jr. worked for the Forgan family, which is another club manufacturer in, in St. Andrews. And when CB wanted a a uh, you know pro for his for his golf course over at Chicago Golf, when he decided that the train wasn't quite what he was looking for here, he actually reached out to Robert. But Robert had gotten injured, hit, gotten hit in the face with a golf ball. So James came across and was the first pro at Chicago Golf. And then the next year, he reached out to his little brother Robert, and Robert came across and was our first pro. And that started kind of a nice long line of. Of Scottish pros, the Fowles brothers moved on. Robert moved down to St. Louis, and then they brought a uh, gentleman after that named Willie Marshall. And Willie was here kind of in the golden age of golf up here on the North Shore when uh, we had the 1899 U.S. Amateur, the 1906 U.S. Open, and uh, the 1915 Women's Amateur. But, you know, ironically, so, you know, Willie was, uh, you talked about uh, about Armstrong, or, um, uh, yeah, Willie Armstrong, Anderson, sorry, Willie Anderson. Yeah. Um, you know, Willie was going for his, I think, fourth in a row. Um, here in 1906 as our teaching pro um, and had a bad second day and lost to Alex yeah. Smith from, from Carnoustie. But, you know, that was what uh, – there was a little bit of talk about that when yeah. Kepka was going for his fourth yeah. in a row at, uh, at uh, out of Pebble. 
Yeah. It's a lot of history well, here. You're, yeah, you're, and of course, uh, the, the Western Junior is, is a, has a great history. Jim Furyk won, Ricky Fowler, Colin Morikawa. And you're going to have 75 college coaches on site there watching these you know, 156 very super elite young players from all over the world, really. Um, it, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be very cool. Yeah, we're excited. I, I was looking at uh, you know some of our we have a you know the, some of the little things that happen behind the scenes. You know, we get a cart list of folks that are actually allowed to take golf carts out here to, to spectate. And I saw Casey Martin's name, and you know Casey obviously you know one of the great coaches and one of the great players, and um, had some excitement back in when he was playing with you know getting his cart and, and working with the USGA. So some kind of cool names just with the coaches. Uh, but yeah, the players coming around, and, and we're excited. We've got three locals uh, here from Lake Forest playing. A uh, young guy named Jack Marshall plays down the street at Conway, and um, Pierce Grieve, who's one of our Lake Forest High School players, along with with uh, Jack. And then uh, we have, fortunately, we have an exemption here. And I went to we had a little event, and one of our guys, Peter Crowe, had a nice little 73 uh, to qualify. So it's it's fun. We got a little a little hometown flavor as well. That's great. And Nick, I think there's a oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I was just going to say Nick Papadakis is our guest from Onwentia Club in Lake Forest, and. And Nick, you had mentioned a lot of the history. That's what struck me as I was uh, reading more about Onwentia, the history of the club. And I, I almost felt like I was reading a little, you know, history, like in my history books and uh, back in high school there with some of the, you know, you guys go back to the 1800s. Uh, some of the names go back to, you know, the, the very foundings of golf, early club members, some of the business leaders uh, uh, in the Chicagoland area. How How, is, how, how do you combine, uh, you know, trying to, modernize the facility and i know the course was uh, was lengthened back in the 90s but how do you combine that with with keeping in touch with the facility's history yeah so i think this is uh you know something that every kind of old club goes through at some point in their life and as we mentioned a few times you know we're we're one of the oldest here in town and i think that every club has to at some point kind of be very cautious as to you know how they use tradition uh, when they do things. So if you think of tradition as, as understanding what the club was, you know, really founded to do, and it keeps you kind of focused on the intent of what the club is supposed to be. And then you can use that to make decisions as you move forward to try to remain modern and, and, and keep up with, if, with the changes in the game. And, you know, we're not just golf here. We've got a lot of great sports here. We've got rackets and we've got squash and paddle and we've got all kinds of things like the the modern club has. And, and with the modern membership, you know, you have to try to use where, where you came from to dictate what you do moving forward. And it's very easy. It can be a slippery slope where instead of tradition, you use what we call traditionalism, which is where you feel like it's your responsibility to keep it the way that it was and you never really do anything for the first time. So it's it's something that we've, we're very conscious of here, and we, we do everything we can to try to make the right decisions for our membership and, and for our club and our community to make sure that we're doing the right things uh, to keep us moving forward. Right. And, of course, uh, yeah, a- absolutely. Um, the other thing I was going to mention was you have a couple of other young, uh, pretty accomplished players from the Chicago area uh, who playing in your event, uh, Sean Curran, and uh, who I believe is going to Louisville, and uh, John Wild, who I think is committed to Oklahoma State. So uh, uh, you're going to get eyes on on those guys too, and they uh, they're uh, they're very fine players. And I think yeah, there's some I, others, know, right? Ian Poulter's son is in the field. 
Yeah, I saw that. Uh, you know, we, we the rumor mill was starting. Someone, uh, I don't know if someone was picking on us or whatnot, but we were we were hearing that John Daly Jr. was coming in, so we started overstock. We went to we made a special Costco run to get M and M's and Diet Cokes in case his dad showed up. And then we looked on the field list, and he wasn't there. So, uh, but no, there's 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 um, you know some really great players and some familiar names. I've had a lot of the pros that I know around the country that have sent me some notes and uh, just to kind of give me a heads up on some some really nice young some really nice young players and nice families that are coming to town to visit from you know, Oklahoma and Seattle and Ponte Vedra and some other places where I've got some friends. So there's, there's a really, uh, you know, who's, who's, li- who's who list of, of players. I think we have close to 70 of the top hundred players on the junior rankings here coming just in this field alone. And you're going to put that golf course at a par 70 because it's only, only quote unquote, only 6,700 yards long. And uh, these young dudes will, will crush it and just they hit it a mile and uh, so you'll probably use the the green complexes uh, as a as a defense, huh? Yeah, for sure. Our greens are you know are pretty big greens, and and there's a lot of of you know kind of slopes and 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 some good some good hole locations on a lot of our greens. But there's it's no question, 6,800, 6,700 yards isn't much of a match for for the young um, you know bombers that we have. And I think that the challenge for these players is going to be that they're going to have to be patient. You know, we were all teenagers once, um, and you know you know you, patience isn't always a uh, real strong suit when you're coming through. And, and as golfers, you know, you want to try to go out there and overpower. And I think the the key to this golf course is going to be remaining patient. I think the, you know, we hit a lot of irons, hopefully off the tees and keep it out of our deep native areas. We have these, this deep grass that was planted in 96 when, when Dale came to do a redo and it gets a little treacherous. And if you get a little bit offline, it can be a little bit of a bear. And, and, and so I think, you know, if, if the players can, can kind of remain calm and, and do the right things and, and just keep the driver in the bag for the most part, uh, I think the, the the player that stays the most patient is going to be the one that really um, takes it deep. I've looked at some of the, the scores over the last few years of, you know, and some of the, even like at Rich Harvest last year, some of the scores weren't super low. And I, I we, we've had that question a lot here, what we think players are going to shoot out here. And, it, and it's really kind of hard to say. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of events. We do a lot of outings and whatnot. And, and our scores are generally a little bit higher, um, than we think they're going to be. Um, but I really do think with the condition of the golf course, the half an inch plus of rain that we had last uh, the night before softened it up a little bit. I think that the scores could potentially get a little deep. I think we could see six or seven under par um, in a couple of rounds. Um, but we'll see. It's really going to be a, a, a matter of where uh, Steve and his team from Western Golf Association put the whole locations. Uh, again, it'll be a little bit about the patience. If, if guys get the drivers out and they get a little bit, off track with that, it can cause a little bit of havoc. Um, but I think it's it, it's really just going to be about patience and who can and who can do it for for four rounds. One more before we go, Nick. What's the course record and uh, and uh, who holds it? Well, you know, I, I as I remember it, and there's been a little bit of controversy about this. As I understand <laughs> it, 61 is the course record by Dick Mast, and that was uh, shot in the old days. Uh, you know, we have a an event here. We've had this year will be our 62nd year of the Lurie Children's uh, Pro-Am Hospital. It's the longest-running mm-hmm. Pro-Am next to the AT&T Pro-Am, and it's something we're really proud of. It's they've, over the years, raised over $25 million for the Lurie Children's Hospital in Chicago. And, and in the old days, that event took place on the Monday after the Western Open. And right. uh, one year, Dick Mass shot a 61 out here. It was kind of pre-Doke. Um, now, but that's that's the number we kind of go with is that 61. Um, we had a nice chat with that last night. We had a member guest here yesterday, and we had some of our, our young players that are pretty good sticks out here, and we were talking about that 61 if we thought anybody would touch it. And It's possible. I mean, you look at this list and you look at some of the things that these young men have accomplished, um, you know, it's certainly possible. It's out there. they got to make some putts. 
um, like we always do. And no matter where you are, you got to make putts. But um, but we'll see. I, I, uh, it'll be interesting to see. And if it happens, that's great. We'll we'll be very excited about it. Um, you know, we're looking. But uh, you know, we're just looking forward to it. I think it's anybody's ball game out here uh, this week. So it's Tuesday, uh, 18 holes. Wednesday, 18 holes. Thursday, 36 holes. It's stroke play. And you're welcoming uh, members of the public to come out and see one of the great old golf courses uh, in this area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they do. They do 18 each day. Um, they start with 156 players the first two days. They'll make a cut. It's a pretty. It's a pretty big cut. They'll cut it down to 44 in ties into Thursday. They'll play 36 holes on Thursday. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if if anybody out there wants to come, uh, they don't have to say anything. We got 156 players and their family, 75 coaches. We got a lot of Western golf officials and all kinds of good fun stuff. And we got 240 parking spots. So that's going to be the exciting part. The, the most excitement is <laughs> going to be in the parking lot. I think. I will say the first time I ever laid eyes on Tiger Woods was at the uh, was at the Western Junior when it was at Chicago Golf. You know, early 90s. Um, and I mean, it, it was just so cool to see him play golf. Uh, and, and you just knew, man, this dude is a superstar. And uh, and there's a lot of young, this a guy, William Mao, who won over here at the Park Ridge Country Club a few years ago, is playing, was a key role at playing in Pepperdine's uh, a national championship. So you're going to see him on the PGA Tour. I mean, it is a very, very cool thing to see these young guys. And, and you know, nobody's around. You can just go out and check them out. So it's cool. That's exactly right. Yeah, we uh, we're really excited about this. I mean, you know, our club has had such a great uh, role in the history of golf at the turn of the 20th century, and um, you know, we were really right there. You know, we'd say we were the center of the golfing universe west of the Hudson River for a long, long time, and uh, you know, we've kind of gotten a little bit away from golf over the you know you know for a pretty good stretch um, as other sports became popular, and and now our golf course is just really it's in great shape. Our golf course superintendent Scott Vincent's just one of the best, and he's done a hell of a job here in his 11 years, and he's really started to transform this golf course into something special. So we're excited to get some, get an event back here. Um, you know, we had a USGA visit a couple of years ago. They're kind of chomping at the bit to get back here um, and do something that could be pretty exciting for us. So we're really excited to get back in the in the circle of golf. Well, and Nick, we're uh, glad to have you on. Uh, it sounds like uh, great fun coming up this week at the uh, Western Junior Championship at Anwensia Club in Lake Forest, and uh, we appreciate your time this morning. Hey, thank you so much. We appreciate it as well, and you guys have a great week. We'll look forward to seeing you out here. Thank you, Nick. All righty. That's Nick Papadakis on Anwensia Club in Lake Forest, the site of uh, this coming week's Western Junior Championship. Sounds pretty cool, and yeah, if you haven't uh, heard of or checked out the Anwensia Club, uh, some cool history there uh, on their website, uh, or you can find it uh, anywhere using the old Google machine. Uh, when we come back, Barry, uh, our Swing Thoughts segment with Lewis Sauer, uh, LS Golf Academy in Northbrook. We'll talk short game. We'll talk other things with Lewis. When we come back, it's the Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito, right here on 670 The Score. Just let it happen to be the ball. Be the ball, Danny. You're not being the ball, Danny. Well, it's kind of difficult with you talking like that. Okay, I'm not talking. Stop talking. And now, the Scorecard presents Swing Thoughts. Some free advice from the best teachers in the game. And it is time for our Swing Thoughts segment here on the Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry and Mike with you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 throughout the golf season here on 670 The Score. 
Time for us to head out to the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Uh, our guest on Swing Thoughts this week, Louis Sauer, uh, Illinois uh, PGA Teacher of the Year in 2017 from the LS Golf Academy in Northbrook. Hey, Louis, good morning. How's it going, Louis? Good, how are you? I'm hanging in. We're hanging in there. Thanks so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. So, Louis, uh, we're all we're all watching the U.S. Open. I know you're probably doing a lot of teaching. You're probably not sitting there watching the U.S. Open 15 hours a day, even though it's in prime time uh, on NBC. But uh, um, it seems like everybody always says that the most important shots uh, at the U.S. Open are, you know, the most important clubs are your driver and your putter. However... Uh, it seems to me, watching this uh, this uh, uh, bogey fest at uh, at Torrey Pines, is there's a lot of uh, a lot of need for uh, short game excellence out there. Definitely, they uh, you know they try to set it up so that ball striking is a premium, but in order to contend, you got to be able to get that ball up and down, and you got to have a great short game, uh, hitting shots from that difficult rough to the tight lies to the tight pins and. Um, that's generally an area of the game that most most golfers don't practice. You know, it's so. If you think about the short game, it is um, uh, it, it, there's an infinitesimal number. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, there's just so many uh, different shots around the green. So you can have a, a shot from a super high rough. Um, you can have uh, a, a very tight lie in front of the green somewhere. So. If you were going to tell the average golfer, um, what's the what's the most basic short game swing you could work on to, to get to get a little bit better fundamentally, right? Something maybe you could use whether you're in the deep rough or on a tight lie uh, or wherever you are. Well, if you, when you're in a tough situation, the first thing that you want to do, uh, depending on your skill level, is you know hit a shot that you feel comfortable hitting, and then Try to position the ball so that it gets on the green. Uh, you know, when you're out of position, uh, the worst thing you can do is try to hit the hero shot and then put yourself in a bunker or send it shooting across the green. Uh, so, you know, play the safer shot when you can. I know it's not quite always as fun, but if you're trying to shoot the lowest score, that's your first strategy. Uh, when it comes to hitting shots around the green, one of the more basic shots would be just learning how to control the club to where it goes waist to waist and you can even get a 60 degree wedge or your your most lofted wedge to actually have a pretty decent amount of height by just being able to control how far back how far through and swinging smoothly there's um, probably the biggest thing that gets the amber golfer is their confusion of how hard to accelerate through the ball and most of the time it's a burst because they're afraid of decelerating but in reality, you really want to be really smooth coming through even that thick grass. You don't have to try to muscle it. And when you can swing smoothly through that grass, the ball can come out uh, soft when it hits the green, and it'll trickle out a little bit as opposed to uh, just ramming at it because you're afraid of slowing down or stopping at the ball. Yeah. What I notice a lot, Lewis, is that uh, is that people – uh, they don't even know the, how how high they're swinging the club, bringing the club head back past their past their waist. I think if you watch 
um, guys at the U.S. Open or, or at the Women's Open uh, at, at the Olympic Club last uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that club had never comes above their belt line unless they're unless they're you know hitting a flop shot or something like that. But if you're just hitting a normal pitch within 10 or 5, 10 yards of the green, that club is never coming past your belt line. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing because uh, we use uh, video a lot uh, when we're coaching. And 100% of the times, we'll tell someone that, you know, we're, we're just going to do a uh, waist level swing. And, and they always go up to, like, their chest height or, you know, when they struggle with their distance control. So being aware of how far that club goes back is super important to being able to judge the distance that they hit the shot. So uh, one thing that you can do when you practice is you could just put a shaft back there, um, you know, off your right foot or trail foot, depending on your right or lefty, and just try to get a sense of how far back that club is going. Because if you can't control the length of it, it's going to make it really difficult to control the speed that you're coming down. Obviously, if you short it, you're going to feel rushed. If you go back too far, you're going to ease into the ball too much. Lewis Sauer is our guest, LS Golf Academy in Northbrook. And uh, one of the things that interested me, Lewis, in reading about your background, and you've been coaching for 25 years plus here, uh, but you're also an instructor for Tony Robbins. Now tell me, I, I'm, I'm, I know just knowing what Tony Robbins and the performance uh, coaching that he does, that has to play a part in, in how you teach golf, probably. You know, it's interesting. I... Uh... When I started coaching uh, for Jim McLean, you know, he always encouraged us to seek out all these different sources to get better at coaching. <laughs> so I went to one of his events. I figured if he can help people make some life changes, you know, what, what can I use to, uh, from his background to help people make golf swing choices? And it's really, you know, in this day and age, you see a lot of uh, people struggling with mental illness and anxiety, and he does a great job of helping you uh, learn how to shift your thoughts so that you become uh, you can frame things in a way that helps you versus uh, stops you from doing stuff. And I think it's a it's a great uh, platform for when I started out learning how to coach and communicate with people is to just keep shifting things in a way that that excites them and encourages them to to work through uh, things that are challenging for them. Uh, Lewis, one of the great dilemmas to me about uh, working on your short game is where do you work on your short game? So, I mean, it isn't like, you know, you could go to a driving range um, uh, and hit uh, hit driver all day and, and irons and everything. But the kind of subtle subtle um, uh, information that you need and the, and the variance of what happens uh, on the short game is really hard to get. So I know you coach a lot of uh, – good young players, uh, one of them being Patrick Flavin, and uh, I know you've got other good high school and college players. Um, where do they typically practice their short games? What do you tell them to do? Well, obviously in Chicago, it's uh, a long winter. So, uh, you know, when I first started coaching back in Chicago, I was at Northmore, and we built a short game area in our pag room. It wasn't very big, but what it did too is, it taught some, uh, some of the kids to how to have some touch around the green because otherwise their, their shots were getting uh, hit into the bags surrounding the green. You know, and Patrick, uh, what's amazing is Patrick's short game wasn't very good when he started. I mean, it was, he had no touch. He had everything super hard. Uh, 
but now he has an incredible short game. So there's a lot of things that you can do actually indoors or at home uh, to just practice controlling the length of the club and the speed of it. One app that I really like to help people with their tempo is uh, Tour Tempo, and it gives you this three-tone beat to help you synchronize how far back, how far through, and what time should you move uh, into impact. So it gives you a tone to tell you to start. It gives you a tone to tell you when to end your backswing, the tone to uh, tell you when you should be at impact. So it really helps uh, manage that length and pace of the swing. So if you can do that stuff at home, uh, you're going to go to the golf course or to the driving range and actually hit some warm-up pitches uh, just using that tone. It can really help you with your touch. Right. And then I imagine then just playing playing golf, right? Uh, rather than sitting uh, standing on the driving range beating balls, you you can, you need to go out and play golf and and really work on your short game. You know, it's it it used to be until the last year or so, you could probably pop out on a golf course and hit a few practice shots while you were, you know, playing late in the evening. But with uh, everything that's going on with COVID, uh, the golf courses are packed. It's really hard to actually get on the golf course and just hit a few extra shots. Um, you know, and it's uh, it makes it a little bit harder to practice your short game because, you know, most people will just go to the range and, and bang some balls. Right. Well, Lewis, uh, we, we really appreciate your time this morning on our Swing Thoughts segment. Uh, people wanting to check out uh, com is the place to uh, find your website. Uh, you've been teaching, as I mentioned, for over 25 years uh, and doing a great job there up at LS Golf Academy in Northbrook. We really appreciate your time this morning and uh, continued success to you. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's been uh, it's it's always exciting to talk golf, and uh, you know, with the U.S. Open going on, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's always a special weekend. You know, you, some people really love how hard they make the U.S. Open, and Others want to see more birdies. I think it's once a year. It's great to see these guys struggle a little bit and have to navigate, um, or or feel like more like normal golfers, right? Right. right. We like them. We like them to look like us once a year. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it, Lewis. Well, Thank you very hope, much. Hopefully, we can have some uh, magic like they did back in uh, was it 2008 when Tiger had that magical tournament. So far, it's shaping up to be a great tournament. All right. Well, thanks so much, Lewis. We'll uh, we'll be in touch. That is Lewis. Thank you, Lewis Sauer, LS Golf Academy in Northbrook. Yeah, and and I agree with him, Barry. I I, I do enjoy, uh, not that I wa- enjoy watching people struggle, but I enjoy the. I, I'd rather see the tougher tournament than everyone. You know, uh, the you know your your top five, your top ten getting to you know fifteen twenty under par. Uh, I prefer the the uh, the tougher course, but that's just me. Well, um, you're a you're you're a you're a masochist, so you know that's, we, <laughs> that's we're right. learning we're learning things about you. Uh, golf reveals all. Uh, that, uh, uh, that's you know, Mike, true. So we're we're you know we're learning things about you. That's true, and <laughs> and you know what else? Uh, I I like well, and I shouldn't say I we here on the scorecard we like giving things away, Barry. So we, we here's do. What we're gonna do. We love giving things away. And we want you to log on because of that. We want you to go to the CDGA's website, cdga.org slash contest. Register to win a CDGA season starter pack. You'll get an imperial hat, a towel, and a zero friction super tube with Spectrum Mat balls, tees, and a universal fit glove. Everything you need to start your season. Uh, and uh, cdga.org slash contest. 
So head on over there uh, and uh, jump on, and hopefully you can win that. We call it the season starter pack, but I'm guessing most people, Barry, have started their season uh, long ago. But we're going to keep calling it the season starter pack just because. Well, we I are like because because you know we could call it the season restarter pack because you That's you right. might have if you've if you've gotten the super tube already it it includes three fine golf balls mm-hmm. from zero friction and you you know depending on how you know what's going on with you you might have lost them uh, yep. already and maybe your glove is ready to be replaced so uh, you know and <laughs> and of course the hat you've sweated through the hat or maybe you lost it so oh, yeah. you, you need another super tube and and the cool thing is we're going to be talking to the uh, CEO of Zero Friction in a little while um, about the Super Tube. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll meet John and people who are going to really like John. He's such a good dude from Chicago, from the Chicago area, and uh, it'll be it'll be fun to talk to to, to yeah. John. So look at Barry doing radio things. That's what we call in the business a tease, Barry and John yeah. Icano from. We're uh, foreshadowing. Zero We're foreshadowing, Mike. That's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. John will join us next, uh, the founder of Zero Friction Golf. Uh, we will talk to him, and then later in the 7 o'clock hour, uh, veteran golf reporter Dave Shedlosky will join us. All that and more coming up here on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.